Thank you for joining us today. Before beginning Ephesians chapter 6, today on Drawing Near, we look back at what we have learned in chapter 5. Ephesians 5 is packed full of critical truths, and we would be wise to pay close attention to what our Heavenly Father makes known to us. So open your Bibles and turn to Ephesians 5 for our Ephesians 5 review. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, what a wonderful opportunity we have to draw near to you, to fellowship with you, to glean from all that you would make known to us. I ask, Father, that you would help us to desire and appreciate your truth. Again, Father, open our eyes. I pray that you would create a longing in the heart of your people to know your word in all areas of our lives, and then not only to know it, but to live it out and to share it boldly. Guide us, Father, in truth. Free us with the knowledge of your truth. We thank you that the living embodiment of truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. and We thank you for his great sacrifice for our sins. Help us to live here on earth in full anticipation of the hope that we have in heaven, waiting for each one of us who follow Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I confess to you, it is a challenge to summarize in 15 minutes or so all that we have looked at in Ephesians chapter 5, or any one of these truths could easily take an entire podcast by itself. I guess that's why we've already had 42 of these podcasts in Ephesians, but we will do the best that we can. I encourage you to keep your Bibles handy and to follow along as best you can. So beginning back in verse 1, if you'll recall, the very first thing we saw in Ephesians 5 was Paul's call to the believer to be imitators of God as dear children. That's the call in this chapter. Based on everything we looked at prior, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. As children are to imitate mommy and daddy, we are to be imitators of God, which means our eyes are to be on our Heavenly Father. So as imitators of God, we are to walk. And he tells us three different times, at least in this chapter, to walk. In verse 2, he says, walk in love. In verse 8, he says, walk as children of the light. In verse 15, he says, walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise. The idea of walking circumspectly is to walk carefully. So we are to live out as imitators of God, love and light and careful living day by day. And we're to walk in love back in verse 2, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. Then we are warned in verse 3 and the following verses to not allow fornication, uncleanness, or covetousness to even be named among the believers. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. We're to watch what we say. These things are not fitting for the saints, but we're told we are to spend our time verbally giving thanks. And then we're told we know that No fornicator, unclean person, covetous person, 
has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And we're not to be deceived by the world with their empty words, because these things that we've just been warned against are bringing about the wrath of God on the sons of disobedience. And so we're not to partake of these sinful activities with them. Rather, we're to walk in love and be imitators of God. That's the contrast. Don't be imitators of the world. Be imitators of God. Don't walk in sin, but walk in love. Verse 8, we are told to walk as children of light. We who were once in darkness are now light in the Lord. And we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And we've seen that over and over and over again in this letter. And the fruit of that Holy Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so we are to find out what is acceptable to the Lord God and live in it. And we're not to have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Walking in the light is fruitful. Walking in darkness is unfruitful. Rather than walking in darkness, we're to expose the darkness as light in the world. And we're reminded it is shameful even to speak of those things that the world does in secret places. Too many people openly talk about these shameful activities, and we ought to be ashamed. And it's one of the things that is missing, even in the church today, is the idea of shame regarding sin. Eventually, all things that are sinful and shameful will be exposed by the light and will be revealed. And we are called, in verse 14, to awake from the sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give us light. And hopefully that's what we've done through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We who were once dead in our sins and trespasses have been made alive. We who slept and were in darkness have now arisen from the dead and Christ has given us light. What a glorious prospect. What an awesome thing to ponder and consider. Then a third time in this chapter, in verse 15, we are told how to walk. We are to walk circumspectly. It's the idea of walking carefully, but not just carefully. It's the idea to walk carefully, looking around us, gauging what is right and wrong, and carefully choosing the correct path. It's to know that on either side of that path is danger, and we're to pay close attention where we put our feet. So we are to walk circumspectly, not as fools who live carelessly, casually, without any caution, but we are to live as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Then verse 17 tells us that we are not to be unwise, but rather than be unwise or foolish, we are to understand what the will of God is. It is our call from God to understand and know what God desires for us. As I was sharing with an individual this week, I reminded them that to know God's will is not a very difficult task. It's very simple. God's will is revealed in the scriptures. How we are to think, talk, feel, what our motivations are to be, what our goals and aspirations are, it's all revealed in the Word of God. And we see toward the end of this chapter, even how we are to live in our various relationships and roles is revealed in the Scripture. We can know what the will of God is. So rather than be foolish, we're to understand what the will of the Lord is. And then we're told in verse 18 to not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. 
rather than be drunk with wine, which waters down and dilutes and leads us into all other kinds of sins, we're to be filled with the Spirit. I wish the body of Christ would understand that to be filled with the Holy Spirit is much more glorious, rewarding, enjoyable than any kind of drunkenness could ever be. But we are to be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The person who is filled with the Holy Spirit lives and talks differently than those who are unwise and living in the world. It is clear in Scripture there is a distinction, just like there is a distinction between light and darkness. And we need to examine our lives to see that we are not only indwelled by the Holy Spirit, but that we are living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And not only are we to speak to one another this way and give thanks always, But verse 21 tells us a critical truth. We are to live submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, lost people, the world, want power and control. Each individual wants preeminence. In Christ, we are to seek to place ourselves under the needs of other people, to consider others as more important than ourselves. We are to live submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then we've just covered this, and I'm not sure a whole lot of people enjoy these studies at all, although I consider them among the most fruitful in all of Scripture. Wives are to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands are the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Husbands are to love their wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Christ's goal in giving himself for the church was to sanctify and cleanse her. With the washing of the word, he did this so that he might present the church to himself as a glorious church, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Husbands, in the same way, are to love their wives as their own bodies. We are told that he is to nourish her and cherish her, and to recognize that we are members of the body of Christ, of his flesh and his bones, and in the same way, a husband and wife are members of one another, one body. Not only are they members together of Christ as believers, but they are members of one another. And then the Old Testament passage, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, is quoted. What a wonderful truth. And Paul reminds us that this is a great mystery, but this is a mystery that speaks to Christ and the church about our being one flesh with the Lord. And then Ephesians 5 closes with, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. If I were to summarize this chapter in just a few words, I would say the following. Be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love. Do not engage in worldly living at all. Walk as children of light rather than children of darkness. As we walk in love and light, we are to walk carefully, recognizing that there are dangers all around us. As we are walking carefully, we are to walk with the body of Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And in the roles in our lives, we need to recognize that that submission to one another is to be the most visible. Wives submitting to husbands, 
with respect and reverence, husbands loving their wives sacrificially, selflessly, as Christ loved the church. I hope the reviews help you to recover some of what has been lost with the passage of time. Hopefully, when we finish Ephesians 6 in the very near future, these reviews will be little mountain peaks that will guide you and remind you of what we've covered in this wonderful letter. And I look forward to joining you for the conclusion of this study as we move into chapter 6. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that you would make known to us the importance of walking in love and light carefully, submitting to you, submitting to one another, following your example. We thank you for the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ to you and to our needs. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to follow his example, that we may richly know the blessings of your favor and fellowship. Help us today to live out your truths. Again, I pray that you will create a hunger and a longing in your people to know your word. As we know it, Father, help us to live freely in the knowledge of your truth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.